long history. Sir Walter Raleigh's The Discovery of Guyana. Part 13. Beyond the Valley of Amariokapana. Welcome everyone to Long History, where we take source documents from history and split them up into chunks of around 10 minutes. This is History from the Source. The eccentric document we're covering here is by Sir Walter Raleigh himself. It's about his search for the legendary El Dorado, around today's Venezuela. This is episode 13 of an 18-point series, so the other 12 episodes are just a few taps and clicks away. All the episodes are designed to be standalone, however. And if this whets your appetite for more, please subscribe to be informed of the release of the other parts of this document. In the meantime, we've got plenty to explore, including source documents about Columbus, Magellan and Francis Drake. We've got documents about the early exploration of the United States and about the creation of a Spanish colony on the Philippines. However, back to this episode, and here Raleigh continues his exploration of the River Orinoco and its tributaries. He hears news about many groups of people in the area. Here, for example, he enters lands formerly owned by Morequito, who, we were told in an earlier episode, was executed by the Spanish. Morequito's elderly uncle, Aromaya, has taken over the throne and welcomes the new arrivals particularly when he finds out they are enemies of the Spanish. As the previous episode ended, Raleigh had told us about the poisons in the local areas and some cures for them. This is another digression in a document full of digressions, and Raleigh even admits this himself as this episode starts, as you'll see. So here we go with Sir Walter Raleigh's The Discovery of Guyana, Part 13, Beyond the Valley of Amariokapana. And so I will return again to our journey, which for this third day we finished and cast anchor again near the continent on the left hand between two mountains, the one called Aroami and the other Ayo. I made no stay here but till midnight, for I feared hourly lest the rain should fall, and then it had been impossible to have gone any further up, notwithstanding that there is every day a very strong breeze and easterly wind. I deferred the search of the country on Guyana side till my return down the river. The next day we sailed by a great island in the middle of the river called Manoripano, and as we walked a while on the island, while the galley got ahead of us, there came for us from the main a small canoe with seven or eight Guyanans to invite us to anchor at their port, but I deferred till my return. It was that cacique to whom the Napoyos went, which came with us from the town of Toparimaca. And so, the fifth day, we reached as high up as the province of Aramaya, the country of Moraquito, whom Berrio executed, and anchored to the west of an island called Murrecotima, ten miles long and five broad. And that night, the cacique, Aramiari, to whose town we made our long and hungry voyage out of the river of Amana, passed by us, the next day, we arrived at the port of Morequito and anchored there, sending away one of our pilots to seek the king of Aramaya, uncle to Morequito, slain by Berrio as aforesaid. The next day following, before noon, he came to us on foot from his house, which was fourteen English miles, himself being a hundred and ten years old, and returned on foot the same day. And with him, many of the borderers, with many women and children, that came to wonder at our nation, and to bring us down victual, which they did in great plenty, as venison, pork, hens, chickens, fowl, fish, with diverse sorts of excellent fruits and roots, 
and great abundance of pinas, the princess of fruits that grow under the sun, especially those of Guyana. They brought us, also, store of bread and of their wine, and a sort of parakitos, no bigger than wrens, and of all other sorts, both small and great. One of them gave me a beast called by the Spaniards armadillo, which they call casacam, which seemeth to be bored over with small plates, somewhat like to a rhinoceros, with a white horn growing in his hinder parts as big as a great hunting horn, which they use to wind instead of a trumpet. Monoidus writeth that a little of the powder of that horn put into the ear cureth deafness. After this old king had rested a while in a little tent that I caused to be set up, I began by my interpreter to discourse with him of the death of Moroquito, his predecessor, and afterward of the Spaniards. And ere I went any farther, I made him know the cause of my coming thither, whose servant I was, and that the Queen's pleasure was I should undertake the voyage for their defence, and to deliver them from the tyranny of the Spaniards, dilating at large as I had done before to those of Trinidad, her majesty's greatness, her justice, her charity to all oppressed nations, with as many of the rest of her beauties and virtues as either I could express or they conceive. All which, being with great admiration attentively heard and marvellously admired, I began to sound the old man as touching Guyana, and the state thereof, what sort of commonwealth it was, how governed, of what strength and policy, how far it extended, and what nations were friends or enemies adjoining, and finally of the distance and way to enter the same. He told me that himself and his people, with all those down the river towards the sea, as far as Emeria, the province of Carapana, were of Guyana, but that they called themselves Orinoqueponi, and that all the nations between the river and those mountains in sight, called Wakarima, were of the same caste and appellation, and that on the other side of those mountains of Wakarima there was a large plain, which after I discovered on my return, called the Valley of Amariocapana. In all that valley the people were also of the ancient Guyanans. I asked what nations those were which inhabited on the further side of those mountains, beyond the Valley of Amariocapana. He answered with a great sigh, as a man which had inward feeling of the loss of his country and liberty, especially for that his eldest son was slain in a battle on that side of the mountains, whom he most entirely loved, that he remembered in his father's lifetime, when he was very old and himself a young man, that there came down into that large valley of Guyana a nation from so far off as the sun slept, for such were his own words, with so great a multitude as they could not be numbered nor resisted, and that they wore large coats and hats of crimson colour, which colour he expressed by showing a piece of red wood wherewith my tent was supported, that they were called Orejones and Apureme, that those had slain and rooted out so many of the ancient people as there were leaves in the wood upon all the trees, and had now made themselves lords of all, even to that mountain foot called Kura, saving only of two nations, the one called Iwarawakeri and the other Casipagotos, and that in the last battle fought between the Apureme and the Iwarawakeri 
his eldest son was chosen to carry to the aid of the Iwarawakeri a great troop of the Orinokoponi, and was there slain with all his people and friends, and that he had now remaining but one son. And father told me that those Apureme had built a great town called Makureguarai at the said mountain foot, at the beginning of the great plains of Guyana which have no end, and that their houses have many rooms, one over the other, and that therein the great king of the Orejones and the Pirame kept three thousand men to defend the borders against them, and withal daily to invade and slay them, but that of late years, since the Christians offered to invade his territories and those frontiers, they were all at peace and traded one with another, saving only the Iwarawakeri and those other nations upon the head of the river of Caroli, called Casipagotos, which we afterwards discovered, each one holding the Spaniard for a common enemy. After he had answered thus far, he desired leave to depart, saying that he had far to go, that he was old and weak, and was every day called for by death, which was also his own phrase. I desired him to rest with us that night, but I could not entreat him. But he told me that at my return from the country above, he would again come to us, and in the meantime provide for us the best he could of all that his country yielded. That same night he returned to Orokotona, his own town. So as he went that day eight and twenty miles, the weather being very hot, the country being situate between four and five degrees of the equinoctal. This Topiawari is held for the proudest and wisest of all the Orinokoponi, and so he behaved himself towards me in all his answers. At my return, as I marvelled to find a man of that gravity and judgment, and of so good discourse, that had no help of learning nor breed. The next morning we also left the port, and sailed westward, up to the river, to view the famous river called Caroli, as well because it was marvellous of itself, as also, for that I understood, it led to the strongest nations of all the frontiers, that were enemies to the Epureme, which are subjects to Inga, Emperor of Guyana and Manoa. And that night we anchored at another island called Kayama, of some five or six miles in length, and the next day arrived at the mouth of Caroli. When we were short of it, as low or further down as the port of Morakito, we heard the great roar and fall of the river. But when we came to enter, with our barge and wherries, thinking to have gone up some forty miles to the nations of the Casipagotos, we were not able with a barge of eight oars to row one stone's cast in an hour. And yet the river is as broad as the Thames at Woolwich, and we tried both sides and the middle, and every part of the river. So as we encamped upon the banks adjoining, and sent off our Orinocopone, which came with us from Morakito, to give knowledge to the nations upon the river of our being there, and that we desired to see the lords of Canuria, which dwelt within the province upon that river, making them know that we were enemies to the Spaniards. For it was on this riverside that Morakito slew the friar, and those nine Spaniards which came from Manoa, the city of Inga, and took from them fourteen thousand pesos of gold. So as the next day there came down a lord, or cacique, called Wanuretona, with many people with him, and brought all store of provisions to entertain us, as the rest had done, 
and as I had before made my coming known to Topiawari, so did I acquaint this cacique therewith, and how I was sent by Her Majesty for the purpose aforesaid, and gathered also what I could of him touching the estate of Guyana, and I found that those also of Caroli were not only enemies to the Spaniards, but most of all to the Epureme, which abound in gold. And by this Wanoretona I had knowledge that on the head of this river were three mighty nations, which were seated on a great lake, from whence this river descended, and were called Casipagotos, Eparagotos, and Arawagotos. The Purigotos and the Arinagotos are still settled on the upper tributaries of the Caroni River. No such lake as that mentioned is known to exist. And that all those either against the Spaniards or the Epureme would join with us, and that if we entered the land over the mountains of Cura, we should satisfy ourselves with gold and all other good things. He told us father of a nation called Iwarawakeri before spoken of, that held daily war with the Epureme, that inhabited Makureguarai, and first civil town of Guyana, of the subjects of Inga, the emperor. As Raleigh continues to explore the rivers, he begins to hear more about the tales of rivalries between various local people. However, they all seem to have one thing in common. They are all enemies of the Spaniards, which is something that Raleigh can exploit. Raleigh's travels continue, and he finds out more about the area, but once again that gold that he seeks is always just out of reach. He's exploring Guyana, but it's El Dorado he wants to find. In the next episode, Raleigh is overwhelmed by the beauty of the area that he explores. And still searching for that gold, he lapses slightly, and not for the first time, into fantasy. So, thank you everyone for listening to the latest episode of Long History. As we stated at the beginning, don't forget there's lots to explore here. Lots of famous adventures from history especially the early European explorations of the United States and the Pacific. So if you can't wait for the next episode of the Discovery of Guyana, there's plenty to explore there. In the meantime, however, thank you for listening to this episode. This was Sir Walter Raleigh's The Discovery of Guyana, Part 13, Beyond the Valley of Amario Capana. Goodbye.